Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just relax and let the Lord reveal himself to you. He's right there. He's right with you and in you, and you're in him. We're not trying to get to him or to find a way for to make ourselves known or heard. We're all on the same page with him, and he knows exactly where you're at. And the circumstances that you're in were created and crafted for you with the approval and joining of your spirit. So there's no surprises. He's not disappointed. He's not ashamed. He's not trying to figure out a way to fix things in your life. Instead, he's well pleased with who you are, the process you're you're involved in, the path you're on. He has unconditional love for you unconditional acceptance and approval and blessing and growth ahead for you. His goal for you is that you would become one spirit, soul, and body so that your soul and your body could be one just in him, just as your spirit is already one in him. So he's looking at you and I not grading us on a scale, not evaluating how we're doing, but keeping the end result in mind. He's looking at what change in circumstances, what change in our pathway, what healing needs to occur, what truth needs to be given. He's looking at what needs to be done to bring each one of us as an individual, into oneness. And then every circumstance in your life he's using for that purpose. He's crafting. He planned and purposed from the foundation of the world that you would be in the circumstances you're in now. Now, some of our circumstances are great and some of our circumstances are really bad, regardless. Some of us are passing through difficult places and some of us have already passed them and are entering them or our pathways are not nearly as bad as as some other people's pathways it doesn't matter because your pathway was crafted just for you and we've talked about it before we don't know what came before this life existence here on this earth and we don't know what's going to happen afterwards And I think that's intentional. I think God does not want us to either react to our past or prepare for that future. He wants us to live in the now and take full advantage of our our now circumstances. And the best way to do that is to just, just as God himself, when he is looking at you, looking at your life, 
it's very objective. This is, you know, we get so caught up in thinking that God evaluates us the way we evaluate ourselves and the way we evaluate others and sometimes the way we evaluate God. But he, his nature is, is spirit. And our new nature, your new nature is spirit. In your spirit is unconditional love. God accepts you unconditionally. So he's not, he's never disappointed. He never judges you in the sense of you're a failure. Now, he, he judges us all, and we are to learn to be good judges as far as evaluating and observing and learning from our mistakes and learning from others' mistakes and being able to see others objectively. But it's not for our condemnation and not even our correction. It's God is working in your life to bring you into oneness. And what's keeping you from oneness is what's going on in your soul. Your soul has set up its own kingdom, which we've, we're calling the self-life. When we talk about self identity and selfishness and all these other self words we're talking about something that your soul which is a gift from god your soul created its own kingdom its own identity to fill the needs that weren't being met god-given needs you know you think about a little child the child is that's completely dependent on Adults to take care of it. You don't get angry with a little child that needs help, that can't cook its own meals, that needs help changing its diaper. You have an expectation of this age appropriate. Well, that's what God has for us. And it's not about age, but it's about Ability that our soul, apart from our spirit, is not capable of meeting its own needs. Now, our soul in union, reunited with our spirit, has all its needs met. So we're going from one extreme to the other. And that's, again, assuming that you're re-spirited. You've been born again. You've, you've, you know, however you want to phrase it, taken Christ into your life. You know, um, you've accepted that re-spiriting. You are now alive in your spirit. And when you're alive in your spirit, eternal life is available for the first time for your soul. And your soul... It's a process, and the process has multi-layers to it, multi-dimensions. For instance, part of the purpose of your soul being in proximity to your spirit is it, it learns what it's like, what it's created to be, your soul. learns what it's really meant to be, to be soul. 
And, we're, you know, we've talked about the solical abilities that are available in our soul that we're still learning how to to use, how the soul functions in the supernatural realm and the, and the solical realm within the supernatural realm. This is where our, you know, uh, so much of the spirit expresses itself through our soul, through our body, to this world, how we cooperate with our spirit. So our soul is meant to be learning how to be a soul. At the same time, it's learning, it's becoming, it's getting healed, getting healed by the very presence of God. Only God can heal your soul. You can't fix yourself. And those wounds in your soul cause self problems, create self issues, a a misperception of what your soul is, a self identity that's distorted. And so God comes along and part of the healing process of our soul is a change in our self identity. And it's very often much simpler than we expect. We think, you know, very often when you start thinking about what it means to be a Christian, it gets complicated. You know, there's a list of things you have to do. There's a list of things you have to believe. There's a list of things you have to, a list of ways you have to behave. You know, you can never get angry. You can, you know, uh, certain behaviors are just not acceptable. And if you can check those all off, you're a good Christian. Well, God says, if you are born again, you are a good Christian. You've already achieved everything that you need for life and godliness. Everything you need, you already have. You've already entered the kingdom of God. You already have eternal life in your spirit. And your spirit is calling your soul back into union, back into that relationship where, again, your soul has all its needs met. But think a little bit about how God looks at this. He he does not get, you know, we get worried. We get, you know, afraid of, we're going to, you know, you know, backslide. You know, we're going to disappoint God. We're going to miss out on his best purpose for us. One of the big struggles so many Christians have is that they made a mistake way back then and they think they'll they'll that that's it. They'll never achieve the full potential that God had set out for them. And so they live the rest of their lives, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, 60, 70, 80 years. They'll the thinking that they have failed because of a mistake that they made when they were young or in the middle age or at the end of age. Our mistakes aren't that significant. If God, if that was that important to God, he wouldn't have let you make that mistake. For one thing, guess what? We make more progress. We have greater understanding. Our wounds are exposed and healed more from making a mistake than from getting things right. God's ways are not our ways. 
He does things his own way. And he looks at our situation from his own standpoint, his own viewpoint, which is not about are we measuring up, are we meeting standards. It's about, okay, what wound are we working on that needs to be healed? What lie are we believing where he needs to reveal truth? He takes the responsibility for healing your soul. He has the right responsibility and the authority and the power to restore your soul. Only he can do that. So he's not asking us to do that. He's not even asking us to cooperate. He's doing it on his timetable. And so part of that, there's that that tension of, okay, then if he's doing that, you know, can we make, can we prevent that? Can we interfere with that? Can we make it harder for him? Can we make it easier for him? And from as far as I can tell, it's no. We can't make it harder. We can't make it easier. He's on his timetable. He's got everything accomplished. And for one thing, Whenever we're talking about can we make it easier for God or can we make it harder, in a lot of sense we're talking about time. We're talking about something in a dimension in, in the world system that God created and therefore has complete control over. So let's talk about a wound you might have in your soul. He can... Pick a time frame in your life. Let's say you're going to live to 100. He can pick a time in your life where he wants to heal any particular wound, and he can make it happen. And he can make it take a second, a nanosecond, or he can take, make it take 10 years. And it's his choice and his decision. It's totally up to him. Our challenge our process is to embrace that to not try to take responsibility for it to enjoy the process enjoy his presence accept that this is all that god is sovereign rejoice in god's sovereignty accept that he loves us unconditionally that he accepts us with all those wounds with all those mistakes, with all those lies that we believe, with all the the stupid things we do, the stupid mean things we say, the mistakes we make, none of those change God's love for us because they don't change God. And God loves us because that's who God is. And God loves his, you and I, all people, because we're his. He made us. God made you to be loved by him. That is your purpose, to be loved by him. You know, so many many of the illustrations in scriptures are about a vessel that holds something, a wine or, or a clay pot. 
the wineskin, that we are to, to receive God's unconditional love, his unconditional presence. And the more we can step back ourselves, kind of step away from being caught up in the, the circumstances that our soul finds itself and step back into looking at our life with God through his eyes, with his heart, with his love for our soul, with his love for ourselves, and be objective, not in evaluating or comparing or judging, but expressing love. This is something I think is really hard for most Christians to be able to unconditionally love themselves because of something. Not because God sent Jesus to die for our sins. Not because God made us lovable. Or not because when God looks at us, he sees his son. No, but because God loves us, period, end of sentence. It's who he is. He made us to be loved, and he loves us, period, end of sentence, end of story, close the book. Everything else he's doing is an outgrowth, is secondary to that relationship, that God loves you, period, end of sentence. And we're having a hard time simply receiving that. You know, we have examples in our lives of, of, of parents and, and spouses and other people in our lives that are supposed to love us. And are supposed to love us, you know, the unconditional love of a parent to a child. It's not unconditional, you know, and, and so many of us don't experience that. It doesn't matter because God doesn't change. Who God is doesn't change. God, in his nature, is love. He expresses that love by giving himself. He's giving himself not to the world out there, not to the earth, not to the universe, not to his creation, his time, the animals, uh, the countries, the, you know, the, all the chaos in the world. He gives himself to you and I. Now, does he affect all those other things? He has total control over everything that's going on in history ever in every dimension, in every realm. He has total control over it. And our spirit is participating in that right now. Now, I don't know how, you know, how far from us, you know, say, you know, thinking about you have your spirit. Does that spirit stay in God by you while you're going through this, these changes that God is doing in your life? Or does your spirit go exploring in the spirit realm? 
to see how spirit works, to, to learn. So are there times when we may not feel that we're hearing God as clearly? We really don't know how the interaction between spirit and soul works, except that it's under God's control. Why do some people, you know, some people hear God all their lives without even realizing it? Some people just, you know, to, to think, to have a hard time concluding that, yes, they are hearing God. Now, there's things that we practice. There are there are exercises. There's things that we can learn how to do. But we're still all different. And, again, we're, we're looking at a short period of our existence here on this earth, say 100 years. We're looking at a short period of time when we look at the existence of the universe, billions and trillions and gazillions of years, however, however long we think it is, because time changes, as, measuring time changes as, as we leave gravity, as we leave the earth. It's a flexible thing. Time is not concrete. That's all under God's control. So as we look at God's activity toward us, and remind ourselves that his goal is that we be one in him. Hopefully, we learn to accept his love, accept and trust that he loves us and what he's doing is for our best. And we aren't caught up. It may not change anything he's doing, but it might make our soul less stressed out, if you will. It might not change our circumstances, but it might make our circumstances more easy to endure. Then when we look at our circumstances and remind ourselves that God is sovereign, God loves us unconditionally, whatever we're going through, and it's not that we can endure it, Because there's a lot of things we can't endure on our own. And we get this idea that, okay, if we're in the center of God's will, everything is going right, or we should be strong enough. If we pray hard enough, we'll get through this. If enough people are praying for us, if, you know, if we can uh, bring, you know, our emotions under control, our imagination under control, if we, again, if we're doing everything right, we'll be able to deal with whatever comes our way. When that's not what God promised. He didn't promise that you'd never fail, that you'd never fall, that you'd never backslide, whatever that means, whatever that means to you. Think of the worst thing you can think of in relationship to to God. God never said that wouldn't happen. He just said, I love you unconditionally. I accept you. I value you as an individual unconditionally. He already knew that whatever that worst case scenario you're thinking of, he already knew that was going to happen because he purposed it in your life. He arranged those circumstances. He set your feet on that path. If he didn't want you to go through that, 
you wouldn't have gone through that. This is where we have a hard time because we, we have been taught so often that God has an equal. That that God's on the good side and the devil's on the bad side and they're they're battling it out. But God created evil for the day of evil. For the day, for today. Evil has a purpose, and that purpose is to serve God. The devil and the demons in your life serve as much of a purpose in your life as any angels ever could. As the Spirit of God deigns to work in your life, God has no opposite. Instead, think of God, think of your life as, you know, a chessboard. And there's the white pieces on one side and the black pieces on the other. God is in control of that chessboard. Doesn't, he's, he's moving the black pieces and he's moving the white pieces. He's playing himself. They're all under his control. There's nobody equal to play chess with him. He's not sitting across from the devil. The devil is, and the demons are the chess pieces. The angels are the chess pieces. So we don't elevate anything to be godlike. He has no equal. There's nobody, nothing, no one. And it's not that God, okay, you know, um, since, you know, you know, someday maybe we'll talk about it more in depth. But we've got this idea, we were taught or, or have this idea that uh, the devil was kicked out of heaven, which we ha- have a wrong idea of what heaven is, we have a wrong idea of being kicked out of, and we have a wrong idea of the devil, and et cetera, et cetera. Both, it's just all wrong. And again, it's because there's might be, you know, Here's a cookie crumb here, here's a cookie crumb here, here's a cookie crumb here. And we conclude, oh, it's a bridge. No, it's a spaceship. And so not only do uh, do we draw wrong conclusions, but then we argue about it. Until God reveals it. We use our little minds, we use our, our emotions, we use whatever we have in front of us to try to figure out what is heaven. What is hell? What are the devils and and angels? And what are we supposed to do with them? Now, we have, if you're born again, if you have been re-inspirited, you have power and authority, just like Christ did. And what did he spend his time with his disciples, teaching them how to exercise that power and authority? over the natural realm and over the soulful realm, especially demons. How to cast them out, how to, you know, this is, and it wasn't so you could take authority over demons. Instead, Jesus' goal was to teach his disciples, this is how your soul works. Because there's something about learning about how our soul works that prepares us for more spirit influence. And again, our goal, God's goal, 
is that our soul would be reunited with our spirit 100%. And then the body follows along. There's a lot of uh, more and more uh, connection than I had thought. That's going to be complicated to get into at some point in time. We're not going to do it you know, in the near future. But for right now, your soul is in the process of being remelded with your spirit. And the more we can, can accept God's sovereignty in that process, the more we'll be able to enjoy the ride. And so while he's doing his thing, we can kind of put ourselves in the sandals of the disciples and ask Jesus, how do you heal somebody? How do you cast out devil? Now, he taught so often by example. He, you know, he, he changed the water into wine. He multiplied the fishes. He, you know, cursed a fig tree. He healed people. He raised someone, people from the dead. He, you know, had wise words. He cast, you know, he drove out the, the money changers. Those were all things he was teaching. This is what your power and authority looks like here on this earth. It was not about him. He was showing this is about you. This is what your soul is capable of. He didn't do those things because he was the son of God. He did those things because his soul was united with his spirit. So those are things we can have expectations for. And the more objective we are, the more we can stand back and look at our lives objectively right now, present tense, not being afraid of the future, not regretting the past. Right now, this is where we're at. Lord, teach me now. So thanks for tuning in. If you've got any questions, feel free to drop me a line at dianeattherainersclub.org. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Till then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.